Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Desperate House Witches. My name is Raina Starr. Desperate House Witches is not a G, PG, or even an R-rated show. So, bad language, bodily function, dirty talk of any kind might upset you. This would not be the show for you. Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the amazingly wicked one, the amazing Dorothy Morrison. Please check out wickedwitchstudios.com. And just by the way, it is Halloween in August. She has her specialty candles ready to go right now. And she's got all your favorites, Spirit of Discourse, Paint Happening, The Conjurer, and um, As the Cauldron Bubbles, all the great ones for Halloween. So get them while they're hot. Get them while they're available because they don't last. And you know I love me some Dorothy Morrison candles. So get yourself over to the social media page on Facebook for Wicked Witch Studios. There's special link. Dated August 1st, go get them while you can. I have not been notified, but they are completely sold out. So some are still available. Go get them, my friends. All right, so here's what's up. I was supposed to have a guest on today named Whiskey Stevens, who is an author from Llewellyn. She wrote Rise of the Witch and Unapologetically Magic. Now, there's still a lot of craziness in August, so I'm, I'm not going to say I got ditched twice. Um, But I am going to say August has been funky. So her first book was Rise of the Witch, which I love, and her second book, Unapologetically Magic, which is the one we were going to talk about today, is also a really good book. So I highly recommend. She does a lot as far as making your magic your own and, you know, building your own tools, building your own path. I love an independent thinker. Her first book was more about, you know, not having to buy all the shinies to start your practice, you know, getting into the basics and and coming up with ritual. And unapologetically, magic is more of the same. It's, it's more of, um, you know, overcoming your toxic comparisons to other people and their practices and what they own and what they use. Your magic should always be all your own. So it's a good book. And uh, the foreword is written by our friend Devin Hunter. We love Devin. Uh, he's amazing, of course. Uh, so I, can, I still want to recommend Whiskey Stevens' books, especially for newer practitioners. I, I think her books are really good for folks who are kind of like, well, I don't have all the money for the Chinese, and I don't have all the experience, and it's, you don't need it. It's, it's really about basics and, and starting off with basically yourself and a censure or a candle holder, just really easy, right in your own rituals. And, you know, i got to be honest with you. Oh, so anyway, she's not here with me today, but I have a special surprise. My friend, the amazing Dr. Deborah Burris, author of a magic book that you're all going to want to have, uh, <laughs> decided that she would do me a 
Denver and come and hang out with me because it's been crazy out. Hey, Dr. Deborah, what's happening? Hey, well, I'm glad. I'm glad I woke up from my nap in time. <laughs> right. Oh, August has been wild. I am not going to lie. It has been wild as a green broke cold. It has really been rough. And, well, you know, yeah. the weather here has been terribly hot. I mean, I'm sure the weather, well, we can talk about the whole weather climate connection when we talk about my book in yep. April. But the weather here Correct. has been incredibly hot. Um, now, we are getting plenty of rain, but what that means is it's like living in a crock pot. I feel like a roast oh, yeah. in a crock pot. So, oh, yeah. but, uh, yeah, things are good. I mean, life, life is pretty good, you know. It's, it's, I'm, but I'm glad to be here. I always love talking to you, so. Well, and as everybody knows, Deborah and I have been friends for a number of years now. And I'm um, for everybody to get a copy of her book when it comes out because she's a great teacher. If you've never had the pleasure of attending one of her classes, I'm going to tell you, she's the kind of teacher we all wish we had had when we were younger because we'd have learned a whole lot more than we actually did. Um, Deborah, you're great because you keep the audience's attention and you've got great knowledge and you're not boring at all. You're a lot of fun to, like, learn from, be friends with, the whole nine yards. And I really think other teachers may want to take note on, especially teachers who have been doing it forever and it's all kind of rote and, you know, they're not even finding themselves interesting anymore. You know, I'll tell you what, I I learned so much from you. I just think you're an amazing professor and, and teacher in general. Well, you're re- really very sweet. I appreciate that. I, I love teaching no matter what it is. You know, my, my paying job is I'm a university professor, and I am starting to branch out more, though, and teach more in the witchy slash metaphysical world, um, you know, because I have decided that for whatever reason there's been a pivot in my career trajectory, and you and I have talked a lot about that Um and I will always be a university professor, I think. But I also yeah. think that I need to branch out. I feel this push to branch out in the direction of, like, I'm teaching, starting to develop a tarot course. And I did a yeah. pilot class that was free for some people just to pilot it to kind of work out the kinks of the online delivery. And then I'm going to be um, starting that as a paid course um, probably in September, where it's a pay-as-you-go kind of model. I know some of these courses that people do, and I've taken them too, where they're $300 for eight weeks or whatever it is. And that's great, except sometimes coming up with $300 all at once is a bridge too far for people. So I think sure. we could do a pay-as-you-go model, like $25 a class, then there's no pressure on me to get all the classes ready in a hurry, and there's no there's not as much pressure on whoever wants to participate. So um, that I'm going to probably launch my first paid class on that in September, and we're going to go through. I read tarot intuitively. I read for several people at Mystic South this year, and I read yep. tarot intuitively, and I see a whole lot of people who just get, for lack of a better word, vapor locked 
when they start to try to read tarot because they think, oh, I can't memorize the meanings of all these cards. And I'm like, you don't have to. You don't have to, and here's why. So my approach is to study your cards and relate it to your experiences, and I'll give you some guidance, but, you know, don't don't feel like you have to know all the meanings of all the cards in minute detail before you feel confident to read for yourself or others. And so it's more of a, yeah. I, I guess, is it Brene Brown that talks about giving permission slips, <laughs> having somebody yeah. give you a permission slip? Um, I think that's what I'm going to try to do with my class. But so yeah, I love I love teaching. So it's it's just sort of my nature. But I appreciate that. I'm glad that you enjoy my classes because you know getting up at at eight a.m. Friday morning class at Mystic South is you know no mean feat. <laughs> well, here's the thing about that though, I, you know, and call me crazy, but I am one of these people who, for a living, has to get up super duper early anyway. So right. it's, it doesn't really bother me in, in that regard. But the other thing about it is when your first class is fun and you start your morning off right, it just kind of sets the tone for the rest of the day's experiences. If you have a good morning, most people can pretty much carry that into a good day. And yes. I'm so, I mean, I think I would be um, – I don't think I would know what to do if I didn't have your 8 a.m. class at Mystic South on Friday mornings. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think like I know what to do either. <laughs> I, well, I don't know. Thing. It, it is, yeah, it's like a family ritual for my family. You know, normally yeah. it was me and, and Mark, your your friend Mark, and, and now yeah. my son has started attending with us, and you know, and and he got to volunteer. He had to work his way through. Um, yes. And volunteering the Six South, by the way, uh, is a recommendation, um, mm-hmm. you know, for somebody who's new and doesn't really know anybody. Uh, it's a great way to... Yeah, that's a great way to, to meet people. Absolutely. It's a great way to get your feet wet, meet a lot of people, learn how how some of the uh, things are put together for events like this. It's a, it's a real learning experience, and he really enjoyed it. And, you know, um, obviously well, my son is an adult person as opposed to a young person. I think it's more for adults because <laughs> yeah. it's kind of I'm an adult situation. Well, that's what oh, I was yeah, telling you. Know. I, I was telling Joel about Mystic South because this was his first time to attend, and that's my – that's my uh, boyfriend. He came as a vendor, and I helped him with his vending space. Yep. But I was trying to describe the feel of it, and I'm like, you know, it's it's a big conference. There are a lot of offerings. There are a lot of attendees. But it feels personal. It feels yep. like you can get to know people. It doesn't feel like, you know, in my line of work, we go to these conferences that are huge, and there's thousands of people at them, and you just feel like you're a wildebeest crossing the river, you know. But um, Mystic South doesn't feel that way. You know, it it feels like you can get to know people, and you see, you know, authors and presenters that you've had a a little witchy heart crush on, and they come up and they talk to you or they buy something from you, and it's just like, oh, that's so exciting. You know, so (laughs) – he really had a blast, and so we're definitely, definitely going to be there. He's definitely, well, I'll be there no matter what, but he's definitely going to be there again with me next year, so I can't wait for that. 
Oh, that's awesome. Because he's he's fun. We had so much fun with him. He was he he's very easygoing and yeah. very welcoming. He's got a real warm spirit about him, and yeah. I swear he never met a stranger. And nope. he was just you know. He he became part of our tribe pretty quick. <laughs> I mean, yes, we were, yes. And he, um, we were all crazy yeah. about him. Yeah, you know, he's, he's great. Yeah, he well, really is. He's done good. And his, yeah, well, thank you. Um, <laughs> um, he, you know, and I was tickled to go and bring, you know, our, well, it's mo- it's primarily his and his wife's business. And mm-hmm. I go and help them qu- quite often at shows. Um I've helped several times with just him and me when they've been double booked, and then I've gone to some event, really big events with them, you know, kind of all together. And, you know, they I, I was proud that what we brought was received so well because it's a little different. I, you know, their business is called Sticks and Stones, the ampersand sign, and it's basically we use locally found materials for the most part and make – you know, make beautiful things. They are actually getting ready to go to a show. If anybody's going to be in the Dodge City, Kansas area next weekend, there's going to be a brand-new metaphysical fair in Dodge City, Kansas next weekend, um, and they, they're they going to be there. So you should go check them out. <laughs> and tell, them tell them Deborah sent you. <laughs> Free plug. Oh, neat. That's very cool. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. now we know. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, well, and you yeah. make you you also make things with them, do you not? Yes, I do. I try to make things, and um, a lot of times I'll. Well, this week, for example, the the whole family was down with sick, sick except for Rachel. She was not sick. Now she is, but so I was like, okay, what do you need me? And we and you know that that's one beautiful thing about one of the beautiful things about polyamory is we have the girls' phone tree where there's yeah. three of us, and we know that we reach out to each other if there's something going on. We don't go through the men folk because if I ask Joel, what do you need, is everything okay, he'll be like, it's fine, I don't want you to bother, and then I'll call, message oh. Rachel, I'm like, what do you need me to bring, and she'll tell me. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. Um, I was over there this week, and a lot of times I'll just work on whatever they're trying to make, because they have, like, certain things that they're kind of known for, like the little um, mushroom pendants that they make with the quartz crystal stems. And they had a bunch of those started, so I help with those. Or uh, they may have a bunch of wands that need design, so I'll do some interesting wood-burning designs on them. Or um, I'm not a good wire wrapper, but Joel is, and we'll make wands together. Or like at Mystic South, I'm – I'm much more, I'm a handy drawing type person, so I can draw. And I did a really beautiful, for example, Medusa rattle that um, Martha Kirby Capo bought. Um, and it it was a scapula from, one, from my donkey Sally. So I drew this really beautiful Medusa thing on there. And then Joel took it and added beading details and wire wrapping and made it into a rattle. And it was just a really beautiful piece, and I love it because we worked on it together. And I'm and I love that somebody that I know and respect bought it too. That was also very important. 
sure. Yeah, but yes, no, I, why I not? I mean, really. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the so. things that you guys, I mean, first of all, I had no idea that you were that talented. That's first off. Oh. Straight up right there. Well, I didn't, actually. I really, I really, truly did not. And, you know, looking at what y'all had made with the bones and the staining and the, mm-hmm. the some of them were colorful and some of them mm-hmm. were etched and, you know, burned. Mm-hmm. And they just make just some magical pieces. I got, actually, I got a couple of ones for myself because they have different purposes, obviously. And then mm-hmm. if anybody follows me on Facebook, I actually posted pic or Instagram, I actually posted pictures of of a wall uh installation for lack of a better term, uh mm-hmm. a wall altar that I'm that I'm starting yeah. to build showing a piece that I got from Sticks and Stones and it's this wonderful two pronged piece that has wire wrap around it so that I can hang it on the wall. It really came out great. So, yeah, it looks great. Yeah. I was so tickled with those pictures. So, but yeah, it was, oh, you know, yeah, I, it, it's a good, it's a good deal. It lets me, it has let me, you know, getting to be part of, you know, that group and having them as my extended family, so to speak, has helped me kind of rediscover that aspect of myself. Um, you know, yeah. it has, it has let me kind of branch out and do things, and that's been pretty amazing so you know it's it's one of those things where um oh sorry the 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 telephone people just pulled up in my yard and turned around I'm like what are you about to do (laughs) but um oh yeah so that's been a lot of fun but they've been you know everybody's been sick over there this week so I went over and helped out with um crafting for their next show and you know took you know took food and hung out and just tried to lighten the load on the sick household. Because when you got six people in your household and you're the only one that's not sick, you get tired of all them sick people. <laughs> you need a little extra help, probably. No doubt. No, seriously. I mean, I can only imagine, you know, when you have a lot of yeah. people in the house, everyone's eventually going to get sick. Unless yeah. you have a piece, a piece of property so huge that y'all never run into each other. I don't know anybody like that, but... <laughs> Yeah, well, so I'm far I've managed, managed to stave it off. You know, I've been taking my echinacea and elderberry tincture, and so far I've managed not to succumb to it, so that's been good. You know, I meant to ask you about all that because you've been making tinctures and potions and all kinds of things uh-huh. for quite some time. When, yeah. when are you going to start offering those for sale? Oh, I don't know about all that because, well, because, like, if you want to, sell that sort of stuff, at least in the state that yeah. I live in, has to have a commercial kitchen license. And oh. um, and so I don't know. I'll make it, you know, I kind of do it for my friends, you know, wink, wink, you know. <laughs> I'll do it for my friends yeah. if they need something. And, um, I, you know, but, but I mean, my, my thought is I live on a farm. You know, people that have heard me on here before know that I have a farm. And um, I've got a fairly sizable acreage, and so I like to try to use things that grow on my land. And so I, I, you know, to me it's, you know, you were talking about those books. To me, your most powerful magic is local. You know, getting to know 
the plants in your area. Even if you are living in an urban setting, you know, you may have a tree that you walk by every day, or you may have a park that you like to go to, or you may even have a plant in your house that's a house plant. But that is still, you know, that is still a life force. It has energy, you know. It, it, it. You talked to Nathan a couple of, of weeks ago. The book, his book, with his yeah. book about animism, and you know, those things still matter. And I feel like, to me, my most powerful work is done when I can draw from what's around me locally. And that's not to say that I don't, because you know I do have all the pretty things. I have wands yeah. and I have rooms and I have stones and I've got decks of every description. To me, my most powerful magic is when I go out in my pastures and I pick the things that I need and I put them together and it doesn't matter if it's what it says in the book that I need. If I feel like the energy that it gives me is what I need to get that work accomplished, then it's going to get it done. And I think that that's super important, you know, to use that that localized energy, Um, particularly if you are, you know, I've gotten really concerned about where things come from and accessibility to things. And, you know, we we and I have been on shows together where we've talked about gatekeeping and stuff like that before. And I feel like there are – so many people who don't do something because they think, oh, I don't have the right color candle or, oh, I don't have this kind of plant. And right. that should never stop you, right? That shouldn't stop you from right. trying the thing that you want to try. But, um, but anyway, so I, I made it sort of my goal to try to use more of what's growing on my farm in my work. And so... You know, that's why I have a cabinet in there that looks like a witch's apothecary cabinet because that's what it is. And it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's it's a huge pantry cabinet that's full of stuff from my farm, you know. So, yeah. but yeah, so I don't know that I would ever sell those things per se uh, because I don't, first of all, I wouldn't have the scale to do it. You know, and second of all, I'm a one kind of a one woman show when it comes to that stuff, and I I do it for fun just to see if I can a lot of times, or to use in my own personal work. But I'm not opposed to sharing with friends, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, I just always find you know people who have the ability to make these things. It's really fascinating because like I have no talent for stuff like that. I would rather pay, I mean, and I guess that's what makes industry because, you know, and I'm really big on supporting uh, pagan businesses because it's important, you know, and we get a lot of, a lot of negative talk about, you know, charging this, that, or the, I mean, I don't sell anything, so I'm not talking about me, but, you know, we, we give people a hard time about charging for things, and it's like, no, people are entitled to make a living. You know what I right. mean? And if you, want, if you want something unique and of quality, kind of have to expect it. I mean, don't get robbed, obviously. I mean, I'm right, sure there's right. folks without, you know, who may not have the best of intentions out there, too. I'm saying, you know, use their judgment, of course, but 
Yeah, you know, I mean, I I like supporting pagan businesses because I think pagan businesses are important because I do remember a time when there were three of them, and that was it. Oh, I know. I know. Like, I mean, I did it. Yeah, it boggles my mind. Now, the choice we have available to us, it's just stunning. Just stunning, the choice. I mean, this weekend in the town next to where I live, there is a little – it's not going to be probably very big because it's one of their first ones, but it's a little pagan craft market that's happening. Now, they're not advertising it as pagan, per se, because, you know, like you, I live in the South, but um, they are, and you know, they're calling it a spirit fair or a metaphysical fair. And, you know, I would have never dreamed. It was a big deal when, you know, back when I, in the day when I was at graduate school to be able to go to the once every other month psychic fair that was happening in Oklahoma City and I really thought that was amazing. But now with with, you know, online shops and with networking and just there's just it's amazing the choice we have now. It's it's shockingly and and not shockingly in a bad way, but it's just, you know, 25-year-old me looks at 54-year-old me and goes, "Man, you got it good." <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. I feel the same exact way. It's like Man, we didn't have choices like this. We had a couple of shops, if we were lucky enough to find them. And, right. you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm from New York. I'm from a big city where these things, you know, where these things were more available than not in that regard. I mean, but, again, there were, like, three places that you yeah. could go to get your candles, your books, your herbs, or even mm-hmm. your jewelry at one point because, Back in the old days, before we had internet, you yeah. had to just buy from anywhere. You want, you know, you had to buy from what was available, and it was not a lot. But you know, oh yeah, it's a super, long way. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it's a huge what, deal. What you know, it's yeah. you know, like it's and it's what helps small businesses like you know Six and Stones stay afloat. Is they're able to post things on. Their Facebook page, which if you haven't followed it, you really should. It's Sticks with Ampersand Stones uh, on Facebook, and they're out of um, Arkansas. And um, they, you know, they put things up for sale on there, and that's what helps these creators keep going, you know, because shows are, you know, kind of hit or miss. And yeah. they have to, there's added expense to going to them. You, know, you have to travel. You have to usually pay for hotels. you got to pay for your food. There's an entry fee, you know, to get in, and it's, you know, it's one of those things where they, if they can sell things online, it helps them out tremendously because then that helps them, you know, make it through the next show. And, you know, there's a season to those things too, like things are starting to kind of wind down, you know, for events, and and then it'll they won't really start picking back up until late winter, and so it helps anytime you can buy things online from a, a creator like that, you're helping feed their family and put gas in their cars and get them to their next show or make their house payment or make their car payment. So, you know, I mean, I realize yeah. that, that that some people, I mean, I'm talking from a place of, of privilege because, you know, I have a good job and, and I'm able to do those things. But even if, you know, even if you're not in a, a place of, of the ability to buy stuff, you can always share their posts and help boost their posts because maybe some, one of your friends will see it. And I think, you know, that kind of that kind of advertising that's essentially free for these small businesses now, 
with social media and everything is is amazing because, you know, like you said, 25 years ago, we had two shops or three shops in the Oklahoma City metro area, and that's what yep. you went to. And, and you, you know, and, and they're, they kind of all had similar things, but not exactly the same. But now the diversity of what's available is, is amazing. You know, it just, it, yeah. it makes me happy. We've got an event coming up here in Arkansas, uh, Labor Day weekend. It's called the Frosted Moon Festival. And yeah. The vendors that are going to be at it, now most of them, you know, it's, this is a smaller event that's starting to try to get some momentum and grow. And the vendors that are going to be it, at it are amazing. You know, there's jewelry that's vendors exciting. that are going to be there. There's there's a collaborative of young, creative pagans that have gone in together to make this, this sort of co-op situation so that they can afford to vend at these events. And yeah. You know, and that's one thing I'm going to say, and and it's not the pagan events that I notice this so much, but now that you know my I'm I'm my polytool, their their vendors, some of these events, yeah. not the not so much the pagan ones, but some of these bigger festivals that they go to, they charge an exorbitant amount of money because they can, and then mm-hmm. they make their vendors pay for internet because a lot of times these are yeah. outside and they're out in the middle of yeah. nowhere, so you're not getting any signal. And you know these vendors got to be able to run like a their 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 card readers or their their apps that take the money and and to charge they so they've got them over a barrel and if you're already paying twelve hundred dollars to get into a festival you ought to get damn free internet. I mean okay. that's just my opinion. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> no, it's, so I don't think people realize that it costs money to actually vend at places. I oh, think God, folks yeah. might 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 assume that you know you go to a pagan festival and everybody just shows up and starts selling their stuff. It's not quite nope. that easy. Folks have to mm. make arrangements for space. They have to pay right. for that space. You don't know yep. if you're going to make any money at that space. You're taking yep. a big chance. And again, this is part of. I mean, unfor- unfortunately, you know that that what you because ha- the the organizers have to pay for the space. Right. As well. Uh, and everybody has a little bit of a kick up that they got to do to make things worthwhile. So, right. yeah, you may see some of your favorite vendors, and but you may not know how much they have to pay to actually be there. So anything yep. you can do to support them, even if it's something small, is very, very meaningful. Right. Well, and, you know, and that's, that's one thing. I will say most of the pagan events, that I am aware of that they vend out that the the entry fees are are, re, are reasonable they're within reason you know and a lot of the shows like Mystic South for example is a curated juried show you know you don't just because yeah. you want to get into a festival doesn't mean you're going to you know and that's one thing that I like about the vendor hall there is Gypsy makes sure that there is very little overlap in what the vendors are offering you know if you walk yeah. through that vendor hall there's so much diversity. And I love that because some other shows, you know, mostly like local stuff that I see, it's just like you said, whoever wants to come set up, which is great, and that's a great way to get your foot in the door. But if you've got 10 people selling the same thing, that's going to dilute your market. And that's the other thing is I know of a show, and I'm not going to say which one it is because I've never been. I've just heard people talk about it. They have, you know, they brag on having hundreds of vendors. And that's great, 
except that your vendors may not make as much money because you've diluted the vendor pool so much. You know, yeah, so it's, but, but, I mean, and that may not, you know, now at some huge cons, you know, where you have these, like, big Comic-Cons and stuff, that doesn't matter. There's going to be tens of thousands of people through there. Everybody's going to be happy as clams. But, you right. know, and the other thing, too, is if the show organizers, I'm getting, I've gotten really interested in all this because I've been to some shows now and I've seen, they have to make sure they take care of their vendors. I mean, like I said, Gypsy does an amazing job of making sure everybody in Mr. South's got everything they need. Like she takes really yes, good care does. of the vendors. But, you know, yes, I've been to some shows where the organizers don't advertise the show, like, at all. And so you don't get any foot yeah. traffic. Or they don't advertise where the vendors are. Or they put the vendors in a place where it's dark or it's, you know, just not optimal. Like, we had... Yeah. The, at Mystic, we had the most beautiful setup there. I thought, didn't you think that vendor setup was really nice this year with all those big windows? It was, and stuff? It, it it was, was nice. It was gorgeous. It was, it was the best. As a matter of yeah. fact, this was my favorite year so yeah. far. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, well, but I, you know, that's the thing. When you, when you buy, and, and we were next to a, a couple of young folks, and one of them had designed a tarot deck, and they were talking about there were already knockoffs of their decks available online. And, you know, I understand. Again, I'm speaking from a place of privilege, and I get that. But when I see something on Timu that I recognize yeah. as being somebody else's work, yeah. I will not buy that. I won't buy now I realize that sometimes if that's what you can afford and that's all you can afford, I get that again, I don't want to sound like I'm trying to gatekeep there. But just understand that what you're buying is probably stolen intellectual property. But right. because it's it's you know, coming out of a different country, unfortunately there's not a lot that can be done about it. But it may you know, it really saddened me that this person had designed this really cool tarot deck. And there were already bootleg copies of it out there, you know, and that's just, yeah, it's just really disgusting because they had put their heart and soul into this piece of art. And, you know, it just, it frustrates me. And I guess I'm more sensitive to that kind of stuff. I mean, I was pretty sensitive to it before because I worked for musicians and things like that. But these days I'm a lot more aware of it, you know, just because of, you know, my people are actively involved in it, but. You know, but, I mean, even with books and stuff, you know, you can go online and find bootlegged copies of people's books. And, you know, in academia, you know, we know things have existed forever, but it's frustrating to the person who created that because it's like, you know, I worked really hard. You know, I, I'm, I'm just a baby author, and I know how much blood, sweat, and tears I put into my book that's coming out. So I can only imagine how disheartening it must be to see your baby being exploited that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Deborah, before, before we go, because uh-huh. we are just about out of time, um, tell people wow, when they can expect your It is. <laughs> Uh, tell folks where they can, you know, when your book is coming out and where they can find your class. Sure, sure. 
Um, okay, the book is called Weather Magic, Witchery, Science, and Lore. It's coming out through Llewellyn Publishing. It's, it's going to be an April 2024 release. That's the target date. I believe it will be available for pre-order in their winter catalog. Um, I, if, if you want to find out more about my online uh, journey, <laughs> Um, you can follow my YouTube channel. It's Diary of a Physicist Farm Gal. Yes, I know. That's funny. But Diary of a Physicist Farm Gal on YouTube. And I post, I've got crafting content with a little C, like knitting and sewing and all that. I have stuff about my farm. I have stuff about science. And now I'm starting to add more crafting with a capital C, I call it. Um, work on there and you can find out about um, the offerings I'm going to have coming up in the future um, and then if you are around and uh, in the in the greater Arkansas driving distance area uh, the Frosted Moon Festival is coming up Labor Day weekend it is an incredibly affordable event it's only $30 to camp the entire weekend because Vicki the organizer has a huge heart and she sees a need, especially for young, queer, pagans, witches, and the like, to have a safe and inclusive place. And um, she is she is viciously inclusive. I'll put it that way. You don't mess with her with her little her little ones, and and I'm sort of the same way. And so that is coming up in London, Arkansas, on um, September first, second, and third. You can fr- you can find it through Hidden Acres Farm, and Hidden Acres is um, on Facebook, and then you can get to the Frosted Moon Festival. Or if you follow me on Facebook, I'm just on there as Deborah Burris. Nothing nothing fancy. <laughs> um, I share that information pretty regularly. But people can come out. There's going to be a it's going to be an amazing weekend of classes and workshops and crafting activities. There's going to be music. S.J. Tucker is playing. Krista Chapman Green nice. is playing. Louis Guru is nice. playing. Um, okay. It's going to be a great weekend, and it's incredibly affordable. The food is off the chain good. Her son and daughter-in-law do the food, and it's amazing. It is just a really beautifully done, very intimate setting event. And everybody there is great and friendly and super inclusive, like to the point if we see people being ugly, all the middle-aged old bat witches we call ourselves, we converge <laughs> on them and politely tell them they need to get the hell out. And we have done that. Cool. Oh, so, wow. um, I love yeah, a rap so auntie. I love a rap auntie. Gotta <laughs> I am a rap auntie like none other. So, but that's Thank coming you. up. We do have, I will be teaching at um, Enchanted, Enchanted Metaphysical and Mystics Market, which is in Conway, Arkansas, coming in November 18th and 19th. You can, like I said, if you follow me on Facebook, or you can follow me on Instagram as Doc Firewoman, um, like the cult song Firewoman. Um, and I post uh-huh. information about those events. So that's where I'm going to be teaching this fall. And um, yeah, so that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm just kind of, you know, we start, my paying job starts back up next week, and hoorah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we go, uh, special programming note, um, 
Lilith Dorsey, whom I love and adore, as everybody knows, is scheduled for next Thursday. I may or may not be able to do that show. God, I should have talked to her first, but shit. Uh, but I will. I may be in New York, uh, family situation, as I discussed with Nathan M. Hall, mm-hmm. uh, for folks to listen to that episode. It was kind of gut-wrenching, but... You know, we don't talk about death, and we kind of need to, because guess what? We're all going there. Um, That's right. So I, I will probably be saying something about that as as things happen. Um, but if you don't have a new show or a new episode to listen to next week, that's why, and I apologize in advance. But I will do everything in my power to make sure the episode does happen. But again, old folks in New York, what is the situation with no internet? I don't understand. If you're over, <laughs> if you're over a certain age, it seems like they completely skipped the 21st century. I don't understand. I don't get it. Oh, um, could you imagine though? Just, trying to teach your old people how to use the internet. I gave my parents cell phones. I took them away yeah. from them. <laughs> I was like, we're not oh, doing this. Never mind. <laughs> Well, see, my my old people, here's the thing. My old people actually have cell phones. Ask me if they charge them, use them, or know what to do with them. No, they do not. So we have perfectly good cell phones that are probably six, seven years old, worth about 20 cents a piece now, but were completely usable when they were received. I don't understand. It's like they – it's. It's very Star Trekian to them. They look like communicators. They're not sure what buttons to press. I do have to admit, some of the newer cell phones are, you know, if you're not into all the bells and whistles, and 99% of cell phones are bells and whistles, so it is a small computer you keep in your pocket. Yeah, I mean, who calls like people my, on the phone anymore anyway? You know, it's like it's the last I thing know, I do. But my, but your friend Mark, my spouse, um, <laughs> seems to think that the only thing a cell phone should do is make phone calls. And I'm like, uh-uh. I need all my emails. I need all my Facebook people. I need my Instagram. Yeah. I need all my things in my pocket. And he's like, no, you don't. And I'm like, but that's where I want it. So, yeah, I am I love technology. I love new technology. Uh, I think more advances are better sometimes. I just, you know, what bothers me about it is the fact that we're all sitting there not talking to each other, even when we're next to each other. I don't mean us specifically. I just mean folks. Oh, no. <laughs> folks, folks seem, yeah, right. No, my folks are interactive, but I got to say, I see a lot of folks sitting in a room, and they're texting each other, and it's like the person is next to you. It would have been oh, but, faster to just speak. <laughs> Let me tell you what, though. That sure comes in handy at, at, at meetings, at staff meetings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, hell, yeah. I was I was actually in a meeting. I was in a business meeting earlier today, and while the meeting is going on, and we are all on camera, and we all have our audio on, but, damn, if I wasn't sending a text and saying, this bitch needs to shut up. Immediately. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Oh, yes. Because, oh, yes. I mean, let me tell you what. I, think, I was in a, a thing where we, yep. there was, we were doing teaching excellence, a teaching excellence workshop this summer, and we had a person in there who was basically my anti-particle. 
And she said oh, something gosh. so God forsaken terrible that you saw mm-hmm. everybody whip their phones out and the texts were just flying around the room like she did not just say that. I'm like, she sure did just say that. Oh boy. <laughs> so You have fold your paw all over this room, god damn it. I mean for real. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, cool. I hope I hope you have a, if you have to be doing the things you've got to do, I wish you comfort and good energy and hope you have a safe travels because I know that's a lot. Well, I appreciate that, and, of course, I'll be in touch with you, as I will with everybody. So um, yeah. I'll be posting about it. If, if my show needs to be postponed next week, I will let everybody know. Uh, I love y'all. Thank y'all for showing up. Thank y'all for continuing to show up over the last 11 and a half, going on 12 years. I am very appreciative. Yeah, I was doing podcasts before they were cool, kids, before the pandemic and whatnot. Yeah, it's been a while. I apparently have had almost, not quite yet, but almost three-quarters of a million listens. And I'm kind of proud of that. That is amazing. and that's and that's just on the actual blog talk radio site. That does not include anything else. It doesn't include Apple. It doesn't include iHeartRadio. It doesn't include Amazon Music. It doesn't include all the other places you can get that podcast. So I'm really super proud. I think if I added them all up, I would be at a million. Oh, I'm thank sure you, you all so much. Thank you all so much for continuing to listen and showing up. I love you guys, and I will speak to you soon. Thanks again, Deborah. Appreciate it. Bye. You guys should. Bye. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.